Ladies and gentlemen, just like Slim Shady, I'm back from my Brazilian sojourn. <laughs> but unlike Eminem, unlike uh, how Eminem soliloquied, I have returned significantly heavier after a few weeks off from the pod on a heavy diet of Brazilian food. Um, look, this week is also going to be heavy on football, but it's also going to be heavy on guests as well. Uh, pod stalwart Colby returns once again. However, it's a, an unfamiliar away fixture for Colby this week. As I don't in. know where I am. <laughs> As we're in the uh, the Brunswick box fort, uh, which now doesn't have a lot of boxes, which is which is fantastic. But um, I'm also joined by Jesse Farmer and George Nicolau. Boys, um, question to the three of you, without notice. Um, Happy New Year, of course. But uh, look, do, do any of you have any New Year's resolutions? Boys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> way, way to put us on the spot there, uh, yeah. Tommy. Um might have been thinking about this for the last month. I don't know. I've got. I've always. I've always got one. I've got a recurring one. It's. It's to learn to drive a car manual, a manual car. So I thought you were going to say learn how to drive a car. <laughs> I mean, I've got that. I've got say, that I've down. I've seen you pat. driving before. I've got that down, Pat. But there you go. That's mine. Yeah. Look out, Melbourne. Yeah. I mean, I'm not taking up yoga anytime soon, but uh, just less stress. Less stress this year, boys. That's my uh, resolution. It's probably going to last about two weeks. But, more. Uh, more football for me. In in any form, electronic. Real watching, it's just just more of the same. Thanks. Yeah, I think for me it's going to be less football because I think there's, <laughs> there's there's other things in my life that are screaming out for attention right now. <laughs> but anyway, look, let's. Uh... <laughs> this is a strong return. Real from unre- you, Tommy. This is real unresolved. Strong. That one. I mean, <laughs> make let's, of that what you will. Let's go into moment of the week, shall we? Yeah, uh, are you going to kick it off, Tommy, or uh, what, what do you want to do? Alrighty, moment of the week. George, have you got one first up? Yeah, I've got one coming out of the uh, the championship in England. Um, I don't know whether you guys saw this, but uh, Marcelo Bielsa from uh, Leeds was caught sending a spy uh, to watch um, to watch Derby County's training session. Um, and uh, he was caught, I think, hiding in the bushes or around the fence there and <laughs> escorted out of the... Um, out of the park there. And um, Frank Lampard, I don't know whether... He, you should check this out... Um, but he was not happy about it and, and said... He um, was rattled, wasn't he? He said uh, Bielsa should should have understood the culture in England and he didn't care whether it happened in uh, South America or not. Uh, it wasn't something that uh, the, the English took kindly to. So I thought it was actually quite funny and uh, it's interesting to see some of the uh, the South American tactics infiltrating uh, the uh, the British football scene. Um, so yeah, I, I'm actually all for it. I'd like to <laughs> like to know what uh, what you guys think about you know the old the old spy game in football. It's open training. It's open training, isn't it? Like if you can, if you can see it, you know, Bielsa, Bielsa was fine with it. He, he copped to it, but um, you know, all's fair. Very yeah, good. I, I think play on. Like you, you're going to be playing against each other, eleven v eleven on on the pitch at, at some point. Like eventually, you have to come out and and show show what you're made of. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Look, my my moment of the week this week. Uh, 
is uh, Jamie McLaren scored his first goal uh, for the Roos after uh, after 10 appearances, uh, after a frustratingly few chances in his first nine. Um, so the goal came midway through the Roos' first half against Palestine. Um, uh, for those of you who aren't across uh, the Roos Asian Cup, what are you doing with your life? You should be. They were playing their second game against Palestine on Friday night Australian time uh, after a cross into the area from Rogic, who ever said he didn't do anything, um, onto Macca's head on the penalty spot. Macca just glances it and turns and finds his way into the bottom of the corner. Um, but, yeah, it was a great moment for him. What a moment. Um, you could see what it meant to him and all of his teammates. Everyone got around him. Um, Graham Arnold talked him up after the game. Um, the ruse were all over him on social media. Just absolutely buzzing for the lad. What a moment. What a moment for the Caltech Socceroos. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not allowed to be called the Caltech Socceroos anymore. Oh, wow. I don't know whether you're across this, but um, they've had to change their name on social media and stuff because the AFC are actually really strict about uh, about naming and they, they're they not having it. So on all social media and in all the comms um, throughout the Asian Cup, they've just got to be known as just the Socceroos or the Australian men's national team. So uh, yeah, is that? Caltech is just having a bit of a break. Yeah, thank goodness for that. <laughs> and Jesse, what about you, mate? Um, mine actually was last night. It was the Andre Schirla wonder goal. Um, what a goal. Against, oh, yeah, absolutely tasty. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Walk uh, us through it. Uh, long ball, um, t- uh, quick touch on like the volley, um, top left corner, sensational. Um, yeah, a bit of a FIFA goal, pro-F goal, that one. Um, reminded me of the strike, uh, maybe I think it was 2009, Torres versus Blackburn over the shoulder volley. You know, mm. Didn't take much of a look, just backed himself. Such a sure goal as well. Like he, he doesn't score just tap ins. He only seems to score like one of goals. He's a German Andros Townsend. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's awful. All right. Um, and in terms of my moment of the week, look, I had uh, the Bielsa Spygate incident as my moment of the week. But look, I'll, I'll freestyle this for a moment. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Um, last night, um, the early game was West Ham playing Arsenal and the, the single goal that came out of that was young Declan Rice, one of the top three teenagers in the Premier League right now. One of the top first- three teenagers in West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Scored his first goal for West Ham and, and what, a way to, what a way to do it as well um, in, a, in a London derby. Scores the winner. What a moment for the young lad. Beauty. Alrighty. Um- <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> What a moment. Um, all right, we'll move on to own goal now, though. Um, Colby, in reverse order. Yeah, mate. Uh, my own goal is uh, Jack Hingott uh, slipping over at the vital moment for City's goal uh, in their match against the Raw on Friday night. Um, so, uh, yeah, there was a there was a sweeping ball in from uh, Griffiths uh, to Richie Delight, who was, uh, for some reason, playing as a striker. And uh, Jack Hingott's just slipped over at the vital moment um, and allowed... Um, Richie Delighto free hit at it, which he duly guided into the bottom corner to put City up one nil. Melbourne City's new uh, marquee striker there. Mate, he looked he looked all right when he didn't have any defenders to deal with. Uh, but look, he didn't look like an ex Premier League footballer, did he? If it was the first time this had happened to Jack Hingott, uh, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But it was, um, you know. So look, I, I demand an investigation. It's such a difficult time in such an important match. Uh, I want an examination of the grassland at Amy Park. It wasn't suitable for Hingott. Uh, while the City players and the rest of the Raw team seemed to be wearing shoes that clung to the long grass, uh, you know, we saw Hingott fall during that game, and Richard Delight was like, steady. You can probably press the button that just skips forward for the next thirty seconds <laughs> while the coffee reads this out. Ah, uh, but yeah, <laughs> mate, Hingott. Stay, stay on your feet, mate. Is this as a result of having Enrique on the field? 
the slippery fish. Is that what yeah. he's like leaving a trail of slipperiness on the field? Uh, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> That's the A League's Antonio. <laughs> All right, Jesse. What about you? What, what's your own goal this week? Uh, Fulham. Um, just in general. <laughs> yeah, just just Fulham in general. But uh, it's actually because um, scored three goals, didn't they? They had. Um, they had. Yeah. Well, actually, just on that. Yeah. So a couple of own goals. Um, literally last night, and um, I don't know if you've seen them, but basically, uh, it just reads Jeff Hendricks having a shot in the general vicinity of the box and the ball going on off a defender. So that's uh, that's Burnley's game plan for the rest of the season. I think. Put it in the mixer. Pretty accurate there. <laughs> George, what about you, mate? Yeah, I was going to uh, jump on that Fulham one, but um, I mean, yeah, literal own goals for the own goal segment. So I think thank you to Fulham for, for helping our no segment No explanation out. needed yeah. for this segment. But also, i uh, got to say, the um, the pigeon that got hit on um, on Friday night at Amy Park. Yeah, just <laughs> very concerned. There hasn't been much follow-up about the pigeons. Um, mate, he's been all welfare. over Twitter. Oh right, well he's that, got his uh, own Twitter page now. Him and him and the uh, Amy Park Seagull have been bantering. But um, yeah, so I'm just <laughs> just you know throwing a shout out to that pigeon. Hopefully it's okay. And uh, yeah, would would have liked to see some more more focus on that. Who who's your actual own goal? Is it Amy Park, the fact that they have such a bird problem, or is it the um, the city or the raw player who actually kicked the ball at at the bird and I would, the I would attempt just, to kill it? I would just say the human race for uh, for creating <laughs> those two Twitter accounts in the first place. <laughs> reason why i don't have twitter <laughs> you're missing out mate you really you are <laughs> all right and my own goal this week was um marco Anatovic's brother uh daniel Anatovic, <laughs> uh who also happens to be marco Anatovic's agent has been spruiking uh marco Anatovic as having received uh, this massive uh offer to play in china and um he the player himself marco is been saying, yep, well, I'm fully committed to the team and, and want to continue playing. But Didn't uh, look yeah. like that when he got subbed off last night yeah, late in the was, game. and was clapping. And, he didn't uh, want it. Yeah, yeah. I've got to agree. Like, I've, I've been uh, sort of on the fence over this for the last couple of days. But, yeah, he, he didn't put in a shift last night, really. and it was He's of... put the out in and out of itch. <laughs> <laughs> Wowie. Uh, just, just on the end of that, um, I think you know it's a real shame that none of us uh, had moment of the week as Andrew Corpinitis on on Twitter. Um, yeah, that was a, that was right one. up there for me. The chief, <laughs> ill chief ten, give him a follow. Is that a typo for Indian chief? <laughs> oh, uh, righty, so onto the EPL now. So um, look, in since I'm hosting boys, it's it's only natural that I'm going to lead with the biggest game overnight, which was West Ham hosting Arsenal at the Olympic Stadium. Diop boots it away and that does it. West Ham have beaten Arsenal, which is back page news because it happens so rarely. Just their second win in the last 24 meetings with the Gunners. It sends West Ham into the top eight. And the most joyous scenes of all centre on the teenager Declan Rice, whose first goal for the club is the reason that West Ham have emerged victorious. West Ham United 1, Arsenal 0. So uh, I guess the big news uh, uh, pre-game was that Arnautovic and Nasri both started for West Ham. Um, and look, this was, this was a bit of an odd game, I guess I have to say, because Arsenal... Besides probably the first 10 or 15 minutes and uh, maybe a 5 to 10 minute period after Ramsey came on, um, 
just seemed really flat. Lacazette seemed to be just really frustrated throughout the whole first half. Um, gave away a number of fouls, um, a couple of decisions, offside decisions went against him, or at least he felt that way. Um, and Kolasinac had a fantastic effort on the, the 21st minute where um, he's in essentially one-on-one with the goalkeeper and he decides to cut it back um, to against four, four West Ham players. Um, against, I think it was just Lacazette there. Um, and that kind of summed up Arsenal in this match really like they we all know how good they can be going forward but um, they didn't really seem to make a lot of headway into this match it's just um, Arsenal lads yeah I mean how poor was Mustafi in this game as well I mean he just never fails to deliver he's been having, delivering he's been having mares for like at least four or five weeks now surely when you have more mares than actual good games then like that's just your level that you're just not a good player like, what are you doing playing in the Premier League? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought um, Nazri coming in out of nowhere and put, putting in a, a, a solid 70-odd minutes. I was pretty impressed with... Coming in from, like, no football. Literally like nowhere, <laughs> yeah. He, he played 60 minutes in the, the FA Cup uh, earlier this week as well. But you're right, like, he hasn't played in 18 months. So, look, I expected him to be pretty rusty. And he did well in the FA Cup. But, um, yeah, look, he... Gave West Ham something new, which was the ability to kind of hold onto the ball a little bit better in midfield, a little bit more technical technical ability. Uh, so look, I think he's actually been a pretty shrewd addition to the team. And in in hindsight, there's probably a bunch of other teams in the Premier League right now that could probably deal with the do with a player like Nasri. Pellegrini would have known him from City, obviously. Yeah. Exactly right. So he like he doesn't have the best reputation. He's got a bit of a, a reputation for being a troublemaker in the dressing room, but um, he it, this should be a good. Um Stepping stone to a Chinese Super League club, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, well, Pellegrini's got some connections there as well. But um, anyway, so... Um, uh, Go on, uh, Tommy. Into... <laughs> yeah, guys, I've got pages and pages of notes here about this. But Mate, what do you, want, you want to talk about rice? Do you want to like, give rice some love? Well, look, rice, rice had the best... <laughs> there it goes. In the first half, Declan Rice probably had the best opportunity to actually break the, the deadlock. Uh, on the 44th minute, had a basically a free header, which he ended up putting wide. But um, it wasn't until the 48th minute where uh, Kinshawny basically poorly attempted to clear the ball, uh, basically put it straight to Nasri's feet, who we were just talking about. And um, and then he's just essentially laid the ball off quite nicely for Rice, who um, has really nicely just stroked the ball home. Um Left it 1-0, and as I was saying before, Arsenal didn't really offer a lot until Ramsey came on. And then, um, really, the last five minutes, ten minutes of the game, it didn't feel as though Arsenal were only 1-0 down because they there wasn't a lot of intensity, there wasn't a lot of pressure. There was they, It was just it was an odd performance from a team that is pushing for a top-four spot. Um, it was reminiscent of a little bit of Man United when they came to the Olympic Stadium and they were just toothless. Mm. And we don't say that a lot about some of those top four teams where they just show up and just uh, just bleh. But this was a really bleh game for Arsenal. Um, boys, I what agree. Did you think? Yeah, no, I agree, Tommy. And I've got to say that they seem so much better when Ramsey's on the park. Like I, I know he's leaving, and it's it's pretty obvious there's something going on internally. But like when you need a goal, and you know your team's just lacking that link man similar to what Nazri was doing the, the minute Ramsey came on it looked a lot more fluid and that looked so much more threatening and and he's, he's coming off the bench every week and I mean I, I don't get it they they're, they're they're out of the top four at the moment you know Emery if he doesn't make the top four 
you know, they're, they're going to question his what, appointment. What was the point? Yeah. So, I don't know. Are they are they try, are they trying to win every game? What, what or are they just trying to um make a point that uh, you know players should sign contracts they're given at the time? I, I don't know. I think a lot of Spurs, uh, a lot of Arsenal fans. Oh yeah, <laughs> Freudian slip. Freudian slip. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Arsenal fans. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of a lot of Arsenal fans, uh, at least the ones that I've uh, heard from, uh, sort of see this as more of a rebuild season for them, and they're sort of a little bit more relaxed, at least. Um, you know, given they've had to put up with um, poor performances from Wenger for at least the past sort of five years that he was in charge there, um, they're they're they're. You know, got a little bit more patience um, than than most fans of most other sort of teams in and around the top six. You've got to ask questions when uh, Sacho Bob's having you know ten or twelve shots at goal, and the rest of the team. I think Aubameyang was trying to drop back and get the ball a little bit, but you know that's not the player in the team that you want having those shots outside the box. I mean, he was he was. I think he had. I can't remember how many attempts, but it seemed like quite a few in the game. And not really a specialty. Not a specialty. Yeah. So they just weren't really playing to their strengths. Quinduzi also attracted a little bit of interest uh, on, on uh, Twitter as well. Um, uh, famous uh, actress, we'll call her that. Uh, Mia Khalifa was tweeting um, about... Who's that? Who? Sorry, I've never heard of her. <laughs> Fa- you've never heard of her? No. Famous actress? Who is that? <laughs> so she was uh, she was at the West Ham game um, and she tweeted, Fucking pussy, Matteo Guendouzi. I've seen uh, you go down more in this match than I did in 2014. Come on, you iron. So don't really understand the reference, but it's not <laughs> I'm still lost. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> what do you guys think about uh, uh, Rice's performance? Oh, look, he's he had a good game. Great moment for him to get his first goal for the club. He took it well. Um, you know, he was he was sort of buzzing around everywhere. He's been growing in confidence this season. Obviously, he's seeing a lot more minutes and. Um, uh, I don't know. I guess I'd ask you, Tommy. Do you see him as the the sort of Mark Noble successor, that sort of energy in midfield that they need, or do you think they still need someone else to give them a bit more energy and um, dynamism in the midfield? Um, I, I think um, Rice. He's still so young that he's still got so much that he can improve on his game. Still and doesn't know where his best position is. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's been a bit of an issue. But I think scoring goals, he should I've, be defending. <laughs> he should be running around in the middle. Where's where is where's I, he I supposed to be? I definitely think. Uh, look that sort of deep lying centre midfielder is um, is his best position mm. but look he has a very limited passing range but he doesn't try to do anything so he is Mark Noble's successor <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to buy it I'm not going to buy it but look um, look if I can um, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of information about uh, how he's being sort of regarded at the club right now take me back to the start yeah <laughs> Well, pre- pretty much. the When football started in 1966, West Ham player uh, Bobby Moore, uh, who I, I think he was... Was he England captain at the time? Anyway, oh, fam- West Ham player. Um, West Ham ended up retiring his jersey uh, when Bobby Moore uh, died in the 90s. There is now some talk of them unretiring that jersey uh, for Declan Rice to get the, number, the famous number five jersey at West Ham, which... Frankly, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, once wow. once the jersey's retired, it's retired. But um, nonetheless... Just like um, how the Roos gave the number four to Ryan Grant. Come on, you, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of similar, kind of similar. But um, yeah, look, he is, he is, he's really being regarded very highly at the moment at West Ham. And look, um, Big I think he's going to be a... a he, he looks as though he could be the spiritual successor to Mark Noble in just in terms of someone who lives and breathes the club. And um, yeah, he's... He's fantastic to have around at the moment. He's just performing well. And you can see every time uh, something good happens at West Ham, he just he eats it up. 
Good eye. Yeah. So, um, all right, shall we we'll move on to the uh, the, the Brighton-Liverpool game? So, yeah. um, yeah. Jesse Colby, walk us through it. Oh, mate, this is, uh, you know, Liverpool got the business done, didn't they, Jesse? Uh, so, Brighton um, starting the match, still no Matty Ryan. They had their backup keeper, uh, David Button, in goals. Liverpool went with their, we're playing the small team, Four two three one formation uh, with Fabinho joining the back line like we thought he would, given uh, Liverpool's injuries in that area. Uh, Shern Shakiri got a start ahead of Milner um, as they're looking to bring a bit more creativity into the midfield after that City game last week. Um, so basically, uh, there wasn't much in this game. A few half chances. Um, Brighton kept it very tight in the first half, defending deep with 11 behind the ball out of possession. Um, uh, the difference between the two teams came from a penalty just after half time when Salah got past Gross and Gross just hacked him down. Uh, Salah then steps up, converts it. Uh, he doesn't get many pens, Salah, but the ones he does, he puts away. And that was basically how I saw it. What do you think about this one, Jesse? Yeah, a gritty win. Um, actually, I was saying to Tommy earlier today that it reminded me of um, Conte's um, season a couple of years ago where Chelsea were just banging out 1 0. Uh, wins, you know, every time you'd wake up. Even Leicester in 2015-16. Yeah, that's right. Wins. That's right, yes. Yeah, I'd wake up and turn live score on and hope Chelsea, you know, slipped up and they just keep doing the business that mm. season. So, um, yeah, I'm not con- – I was more concerned that in the last um, 15 minutes it was just, you know, 1-0, such a cagey – such yeah. a cagey uh, lead well, to have. one goal and it's two points dropped, right? <sighs> yeah. It's not what you need. So it was nervy. But, um, and Fabinho, um, yeah, he looked out of position a, bit, a little bit, but he also um, made a couple of pretty crucial blocks in the game. So I suppose he, he made up for that as well. Hey, we th- yeah, so obviously we thought this might happen, um, you know, after him playing there in the cup and that, that seemed to be the natural um, fill-in. But, I mean, you know, he, he looked pretty assured, but I think, like, I think I could play centre-back beside Virgil van Dijk, which is to say that <laughs> Virgil van Dijk could cover that position on his own. <laughs> so, like, it doesn't really matter who they put there. VVD is just covering it off. Yeah. He'll protect you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Spurs not playing till Monday and City after that. So, Liverpool, seven points clear at the moment. Bit of pressure on, on them, do you think? Yeah, and it's a really good position to be in. And I was, um, yeah, I was very, ner- I mean, always nervous when I watch uh, Liverpool play, but I was... I've I was, seen you, mate. I was, I was, <laughs> but I was very... Sweating <laughs> bullets. I was, I, I lived and breathed every minute last night. I was I was nervous all the way to the end. And I just think... Um, it's, it was very important in the context of the season to, to bounce back. Yeah, so Salah still top of the goal scoring with 14. Um, some other other notes about other players in this game. I thought Hendo and Genie Wijnaldum still didn't cover themselves in glory. I think Liverpool still are tweaking and need to sort of be working on their midfield a bit. Those two uh, seem to be a little bit past their use-by date in this setup. Um, and I think once Keita is fit and once the back line is, is sort of sorted, you'll see Fabinho getting more minutes in the midfield and, and Keita getting more in the midfield as well and then you've got like Oxlade Chamberlain coming back so I think Hendo and Genie's days are uh, a little bit numbered yeah and Keita like unfortunately he, he looks like he might be training really well but when he comes on the field he looks really um really nervous and he yeah, made he's, no, he's not a 90 minute player for sure at it's the a bit it's it's a bit frustrating because you can see the potential there but he you know he's, he's he hasn't adjusted as quickly as Fabinho yeah, and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold actually suffered a knock uh, in warm-up. I think he stepped on a ball or something, uh, but then played anyway, but looked a little bit unconvincing in this game. So that's a little bit of a worry for Liverpool going forward. But um, yeah, look, 1-0, you know, you can't ask for much more than that. Um, it's nice to steamroll teams, but at the end of the day, it's nice to just uh, to just to get a win. Boys, who would you prefer at centre-back, Fabinho or Lovren? Lovren. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Um, yeah, I think if, if Fabinho... Like shit-covered chocolate or chocolate-covered shit, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I actually um, I actually think Fabinho, if he 
spent more time in that position could become a better centre back than Lovren, but he just he, he hasn't played there very often. So at the moment, you'd probably have to say Lovren just through experience. Fair enough, because it's it's still a couple of weeks. I think Joe Gomez is the next one due back, isn't he? Yeah. Next next centre back. Gomez would be the preferred partner to. Well, Van Dijk. Matip was on the bench, wasn't he? That game, I think. Yeah, he's also coming back from injury but as well. But not so. not match fit yet. No, not yet. Probably not, not expected to play more than yeah. 20, 30 minutes or something like that. So who who would you take uh, if fit Matip, Gomez, or Lovren? Gomez. Jesse's nodding. <laughs> we, we, I think li- that's. To, to all the listeners, we're actually sharing a mic today, so uh, we'll share. We're sharing one mic between two, and and then we've got a couple more. So, yeah, Jesse's, uh, you know, he does, doesn't have the mic in his hands a lot of the times. So just got to be assertive, mate. It's it's the Ke- Kevin Club. We've got <laughs> McCartney, Harrison. We've got Lennon here. It's, uh, it's all, all all the hits. <laughs> oh, right, right. Why don't we? Why don't we move on then? Yeah, I think it's about time, isn't it? <laughs> um, so Burnley hosted Fulham. George, do you want to walk us through walk us through this one? Oh, I think we, we've touched, hit the, touched the, on it a, a, a little bit. So, where Fulham obviously got off to a great start when Sherla scored that wonder goal, and then I think in the I think it was the twentieth minute, um, the the first own goal came, came in um, uh, from the I think it was Tarkovsky who, who whipped the ball across, and an own goal went through. And then I think three minutes later, not not more than three minutes later, the, the second own goal went through, and and I think that's just typical of, of Fulham at the moment when you've got. Um, when your when your back's against the wall and everything's going wrong, um, it can go one of two ways, and and to take a lead and then you know cop two own goals, I think it's 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 not good for them. And um, obviously they're they're in a bit of trouble. If you have a look at the ladder, um, they're they're sort of second last, sitting uh, struggling at the moment because you've got obviously uh, Huddersfield on eleven points, Fulham are three points ahead of them on fourteen, and Newcastle eighteen and Cardiff nineteen, along with Southampton. So those sort of Fulham and Huddersfield in a bit of trouble. There's a bit of a gap. Um, well, it's four points yeah, between four to five to points. Yeah. To, uh, Let's be honest. Huddersfield aren't taking points off anyone, and Fulham. Well, that's what I mean. So if, if well, you if you if you if you if you think about it, you've you've got Huddersfield who who might be gone almost. Then it's a it's out of Fulham, Newcastle, Cardiff, Southampton, uh, Burnley's on twenty one and fifteenth, and Palace are. Uh, 14th position on 22 points so it's it's that sort of group that you've got to you've got to take points off and if you if you if you've got to start and you're and you're you're one nil up you know very early in the game um you don't want to be uh you don't want to be losing that especially in Fulham's position so it doesn't you, bode well for them you've got to be able to find a way to hold on to a lead and they just they still look like a team that when they when they score one they're still looking to score a second and to but just mentally and, and like rather than trying to shut up shop up shut up shop but just mentally as well, like being on the receiving end of two own goals and losing the game, that would be... I'd be really, really interested to see how they bounce back from, from this because, I mean, it, it, as I said, it could it could go completely wrong for them and they could just go off the boil from here. Ranieri's got a fair bit of work to do if he didn't have it already. Do you think Fulham are done? Even looking beyond just their, um, their position in the table, do you guys see... Any room for significant improvement with that team? Like a yes, <laughs> I still see like they that's a like you've got Sarri, you've got Sherla, yeah, um, but, yeah, but they're individual players. And yeah, we said that at the beginning of the season. Like they brought in a couple. I'm of great still players, perple- I'm still, still perplexed by Fulham, honestly. Um, uh, you know, I feel I feel uh, you got to feel a little bit for Ranieri coming into this, but I mean, obviously he knew what he was um, getting into when he came in. But they they do have quality. Um, but yeah, they just. It's it's not it's not happening for them at the moment. I think 
the biggest concern for Fulham is if you look at the, the teams above them, um, Newcastle put in a good showing against Chelsea away. They're tightening up their defence. Um, Cardiff... I think they've got a better squad than Newcastle, to be honest. Um, That's the thing, though. You've got Southampton. I think Rafa's who, a better manager, but um, mm. they've got a better squad. Southampton looks uh, quite rejuvenated. You've got, um, I guess you couldn't say Burnley's form has been that strong, but you've got Crystal Palace and Brighton above there. And, and Brighton last night, they were very difficult to get through at home. So the, the problem is uh, essentially what uh, George and Tommy referred to before, which is just that, that, that gap between Fulham and uh, Newcastle. I know it's only four points at the moment, but that's, um, that's that, when you get down to that area of the table, that's quite a big gap. So the boys still getting a pizza? Burnley didn't get a Burnley didn't get a Br- shot on. That's a clean sheet, isn't it? I'd forgotten about what the reference was to then. I thought yeah, you were just I was like, about us. <laughs> like, are we getting pizza? I'm kind of hungry, but I I think I think Fulham have got to a deal's a deal. Claudio's yeah. paying a pizza for a clean sheet, and look, I, I wouldn't count. I'm not counting Oggies. I want a pizza if I'm a Fulham player. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I would wait to rule them out completely and see if they can do some business in January because they spent a bit of money at the start of the season. So, Is there any money left? Well, I don't know. but to They definitely need a, a quality central defender. I mean, you know, Alfie, Alfie Mawson um, was supposed to be the answer, but he's just been injured too much and been in and out of that squad. Um, you know, he, he was the one player that was supposed to um, galvanise that defence uh, as much as it could be, and, and it just hasn't happened. So... Um, they they need someone in January in that area. Yeah, they could take Gary Cahill. Wouldn't be a, a massive. Oh. Wouldn't be a wouldn't be a massive uh, you know detour from his usual drive to training. Um, all right, so uh, we'll move on, I guess, on to Cardiff hosting uh, Huddersfield. Look, this was a game that was described by one of the commentators at halftime as high on tension and low on quality. Um, and look, that summed up the second half as well. This finished nil all. And um, look, probably the only moment of, of note uh, that I took from this was... Um, so in the 75th minute, there was a uh, one of the Huddersfield players... Um, a fouled Cardiff player in, in the Cardiff box. And uh, the referee's given a penalty, but then the assistant referee has wildly flagged uh, the the referee over. They then had a discussion and the referee has changed his mind. Um, Based on what the the linesman saw, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, And then has basically just given the ball back to the goalkeeper and on, on. Uh, So, look, yeah, uh, we talk about that sometimes in Sunday League football about how, oh, don't pester the referee. He's never going to change his mind. Well, Well, he actually does change his mind sometimes. Um, but yeah, look, it doesn't happen very often. But look, um, I actually rate that. If the linesman thought it was a mistake and t- got in his ear, you know, that's that's probably a, a good thing. Well, you guys saw the the incident, right? Um, look, when I saw it, I went, "Oh, geez, that's a soft pen." But I'm not completely surprised that he's actually overturned his decision. It's the kind of decision that, with VAR, I'd go. Someone in a box somewhere would go, "Oh, yeah, that's a pen." It's 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 just very tricky because if it's any, anywhere else on the pitch, if, if they're trying to break away and somebody does that, mm. then it's a free kick. Mm-hmm. If it's a defender uh, trying to get the ball away and they just get a wee tap and they go down, it's a free kick. So by the letter of the law, as far as a foul, um, you know you see those given every week. So it's it, you'd have to feel pretty um, hard done by um, if you're the attacking team. For me, it wasn't whether it was or whether it wasn't a pen that made this interesting. It was just the the, the, uh, the matter that he actually changed his mind. Because um, I think whether or not he gave us it a pen or, or not, yeah, if it was your team, you'd probably be annoyed or or not, regardless of, or depending on which team you actually support. But, um, 
yeah, I, I looked at it and went, oh, yeah, either way, it's one of those coin flip decisions. So Cardiff had three shots for the entire game, zero on target. Uh, Huddersfield had two shots on target, um, but 14 shots overall for the whole game. So that, that just tells you a story about, yeah, the intention of Huddersfield, but just the absolute lack of quality in the final third that they've got. Um, I thought Punchin actually looked quite lively for for Huddersfield, who were playing in a, in the uh, in the Christmas tree formation uh, with, with Punchin on one of the flanks. Um, and he was cutting in a bit and getting sort of some shots off from the central areas, but um, obviously, you know, dragged a few wide. And, and as that stat sort of, sort of tells you that uh, they, they were a bit off the radar. But, um, yeah, it show, shows the intention from Huddersfield. But, yeah, there's just absolute lack of quality there and they surely should be looking for someone in January to try and rescue their season, um, a, a sort of quality striker. But um, haven't seen any movement or haven't heard anything yet. Um, the only other question that I have about uh, personnel is why isn't Etheridge at the Asian Cup? He's a Filipino uh, keeper who looks pretty decent. He's playing the Premier League. He's making some good saves every week. Like, who have the Philippines got at the Asian Cup if they've got two or three other keepers in their squad, presumably, ahead of him? No idea. I don't know whether anyone can answer that question. Probably, are, probably are not. They, are they in the Asian Cup? <laughs> the Philippines, they're there, aren't they? I heard they playing played, played a pretty good game. Hold on, everyone, while we... Uh, We're just going to research this question. While we look at that, I mean, how many how many Asian Cups has Messi won? How many Asian Cups has Ronaldo won? I mean, that, these are the <laughs> questions we should be asking. How many, how many Asian Cups has Rooney won? This is like, this is a side chat while Tommy's furiously looking this up. But So, just to confirm, uh, it's a similar situation to Son, uh, basically. That, uh, he's well, made he's, an he's agreement. That, he's too good. He's too good. He's so too good. He's basically made an agreement with uh, with the Philippines national team that he's only going to return, we're only going to go to one of the, the Philippines games, which, look, to me, I go, well, what's, what's, what's the, the point? point? Uh, whereas at least on South Korea would expect to go deep in the tournament, if not win the thing. So I can kind of understand with Son. South Korea are going to win the Asian Cup. <laughs> but uh, what a waste of time. Yeah. Don't go or go for the whole group stage. You'd be pretty pissed off if you were a, um, a Filipino football fan having, you know, surely Etheridge is their, their best player. Like he's, we'll, we'll have to get some feedback from a few of the we listeners. Need to, we then, need to do yeah. some research. Philippines special next week, uh, listeners. But um, yeah, I'm sure they're already pretty pissed off that they have to have Aaron Ram- Ian Ramsey play for them. So. <laughs> <laughs> some niche Filipino content there wow. for you. <laughs> um, Palace Watford. Yeah, so Colby, walk us through it, please. Yeah, so this finished uh, 2-1 to Watford, uh, who were away to Palace. Um, so uh, Guita gets his uh, starting goal again after uh, Hennessy's uh, sort of Nazi salute business uh, going on during the week. Uh, unchanged back line for Palace, who have uh, held the same back line for most of the season now. Benteke back on the bench for this one, and Ayu gets a start. You can see Palace is sort of trying to start to transition back to their 4-3-3 uh, formation. Watford uh, in a 4-2-3-1 with Will Hughes getting back into the starting lineup. Um, in, in the third minute in this one, De La Feu hits the post and Pereira hits the same post on the follow-up. So this is straight, out, was, of, straight out of FIFA. That was special, wasn't scrappy, it? Scrappy, scrappy stuff. <laughs> and the game would continue in that way uh, for most of it, actually. Um, pretty, pretty scrappy first hard. Both sides trade, trading blows and neither looking a huge threat. Um, until um, sort of late on in the first half where um, Palace uh, put a ball into the box from the corner which sort of pinballs around for what feels like a full minute before the ball finally finds its way um, in into the back of the net off Cathcart for an own goal. It is the sweatiest goal that I think you'll ever see in a Premier League game. 
Um, then in the 67th minute, uh, Watford would get back into the game um, off Cathcart, uh, who redeems himself uh, for the Oggy with a nice header at the far post. Um, just having a wee chuckle here. Um, has anybody ever seen the um, how how's sort of much of a doppelganger um, a Pereira is to uh, Theodore Bagwell, or otherwise known as T-Bag off Prison Break? <laughs> 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 um, just leave that with you. Uh, once you're gonna, you, once you're you see it, post that to the uh, more than a game Facebook page, Jesse. I think Jesse might be making an appearance on the lookalikes in the in oh. the uploads. Oh yes, yeah, so. like for the, for the listeners who don't know what our uh, one of our uh, guest hosts Jesse looks like, he's uh, he's the spitting image of a certain Roy O'Donovan uh, of of the Newcastle Jets. So uh, you know, I don't know what that means about his personality and playing style, but um, yeah, I think there are a few similarities there. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty devastated. I went from Hesse. Um, uh, it's been a real drop in the league, so unfortunately. Even though actually, in saying that, I, what is Hesse up to these days? That's the, the big question. Didn't he? Isn't he like almost bankrupt now, or something like that? He had to pay. A, he had to pay a big divorce fee or something like that. Anyway, Tommy, let us know if you can if you can find anything. Tommy's just <laughs> producing at the moment. Um, but anyway, uh, on 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 to the end of this game. Uh, Watford Watford get the business done after a long throw from Holobas just bobbles around in the box before a second ball falls to Cleverly, um, who finishes with a nice little hooked volley into the top corner, which is his first goal since October 2017. Yeah, I was um, going to say, where, yeah, he's where been out of it for a while. He's, yeah. only, he's only just back from injury. He's had a, he's had a couple of quite bad injuries, and um, quite a nice way for him to sort of make his return into the team. And um, yeah, good for Watford. Um, good result away to Palace. Palace isn't an easy place to go, particularly for um, you know teams in and around their level like Watford. But um, yeah, well, well deserved in the end, I thought for Watford. Um, yeah, Tom Tom Cleverly, the, the second best Tommy C. Uh, oh. who plays <laughs> but um, uh, Craig Cathcart actually. Um, uh, Took me through it, Cole. He um he had an own goal and then he scored a goal. So oh, mate, atonement. absolute scenes for him. Uh, you'd you'd be buzzing to redeem yourself like that. He 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 did sort of lose his man uh, at the far post, but uh, ghosted in and finished off with a nice little header. There it was um yeah it was beautiful. Um, but um yeah very very sort of scrappy. It was a it was a very much a mid table game. Uh, Zaha missing for most of it. Townsend didn't have much of an impact for Palace. Uh, Benteke didn't really get many touches when he did come on. But good to see him back in the team um, for Palace. But yeah, that's that's basically all I've got, boys. Any any other thoughts on on that one at all? Why don't we move on then? <laughs> yep, let's move on on to uh, so Leicester hosted Southampton. Jesse, do you want to talk us through it? Yeah, um, not a huge amount to report on this game. Um, James Ward-Prowse got a penalty in the uh, 11th minute. And, um, yeah, from there it was pretty much um, Jan Valeri from... Um, the block. Yeah. Mate, <laughs> he, he was punching on in this game. He just, I saw this. this a man possessed. He just, he just really wanted that red card and he got it. He got what he wanted. and Fought um, hard for it. He fought hard he, for he it. He only punched on with Ben Chilwell at some point he through did. the game, didn't he? It was... Yeah. It was Great stuff, yeah. But it was bizarre, really. I, I, st- I just, his discipline, um, yeah, his, his manager would be absolutely furious. But um, what what happened after that was even more bizarre. Um, Shane Long scored his first goal in nine months, so there have been children conceived, um, <laughs> <laughs> potentially born in the time since Shane Long last scored. So that's a, a nice wee stat for you. Been a long time coming. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> just uh, gloss over that. Um, and then, yeah, um, uh, Leicester did drag one back um, at the end of the game. But, um, yes, yeah, Southampton uh, continue the resurgence with the Austrian Klopp. Um, yeah. Where do we think they're going to go in the, 
the next couple months, guys. Oh, look, I don't want to speak too soon, but I'm actually starting to think they could stay up, boys. You're a believer, eh? I'm I'm on the Hazen Hootle bandwagon. I'm I'm a big fan of what he's doing at Southampton. They look energized. They look like they're playing with some kind of identity and and style and desire. They they look really good. And I particularly like. I actually for, for all Valeri lost his head today. Him uh, and this other bloke, uh, Bedenak, um, the couple of couple of young defenders in there um, who who are looking particularly good and particularly impressive as well. He's he's giving these young guys a chance, and he's he's getting a lot out of Armstrong and also um, um, the the bloke who scored the goal, the set piece specialist Ward Prowse. Um, yeah, he's he's getting involved a lot under Hasenhutl as well. Um, for for so long when um, he was really just a bench player for Southampton, he's he's really you know seeing a lot more minutes. Well, I think if if Guys like Shane Long and Danny Ings are scoring, and Armstrong stepped up fairly recently with, with a few goals. I, I think I think that they've got a fairly decent squad, and I, I think they should be fine compared to, comparing their teams to Cardiff and Huddersfield. Fulham, Huddersfield, yeah. Uh, I yeah, think Arsenal. there are three teams that are shitter than them. So yeah, I think that's I, all it needs to be. It's yeah, nice, isn't it? And you know, the manager looks like he's he's getting something out of them, and he looks like he know he knows how to. Because I saw saw them against uh, Chelsea the other week, and you know they were so organised, so hard to break down, um, and it just looked like a different different team. Interesting on the um, the transfer um, the gossip they uh, talk about Cedric uh, Suarez maybe t- potentially going to um, Everton. Which is interesting because you didn't think you wouldn't think Everton have really Everton got a shortage just of fullbacks. revitalized in that area. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they got Coleman back from injury, and but um, yeah, that's the talk. And, and to be honest, he um, yeah, he he may need to move because I, I feel like Southampton, although they are just obviously trying to stay up the season, um, they're probably going to look at turning a few people over. Um, there's a few players there that have probably been there for a bit too long. Yeah, or just haven't really sort of met expectations uh, since arriving. Um, one thing that. Uh, sort of stuck out for me was uh, so Long's goal um, did you guys see the actual finish for this um, because to me this looked as though it was actually going wide and because um, Schmeichel actually gets a hand to it it looks like it comes off off of his thumb and actually he parries it into his own goal so look I guess that's got to be that's got to be the most Shane Long of goals where <laughs> he's actually put it wide and uh, through a little bit of fortune, as it ended up uh, having it parried into, into well, the it's, net. Well, it's it's one of those ones where an informed, confident striker usually plays it either under the goalkeeper or kind of through his legs. And Shane Long kind of just sort of scuffed it across, and it and it sort of found its way in. So sometimes you need a bad goal when you haven't scored one in in a while. So they know, all count. Take the ugly one. Um, and bank the three points. That's his strategy on a Saturday night and a Saturday afternoon. Boys, who's going to score more goals this season? <laughs> Boys, who's going to score more goals this season, though? Long or Morata? Long. Well, maybe Morata if he's playing in Spain, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, um, let's move on to Chelsea hosting Newcastle. George. Yep, um, I had the pleasure of watching this game. Um, <laughs> no, it was actually um, it was a, it was a hard-fought win from Chelsea. So Newcastle um, sort of set up, and they, they set up in a... In a High pressing but compact sort of fashion, and um, they were they were causing Chelsea a lot of problems, and and sort of uh, I mean throughout the game, but um, Chelsea managed to to score a goal, and Chelsea scored two goals through sort of individual brilliance as opposed to kind of team play or dominance or you know um, formation or tactics. So the the first goal came in the ninth minute when um, 
David Luiz got the um, got the pitching wedge out and sort of lofted a ball um, beyond uh, Newcastle's back four. Pedro got on the end of it, and it was a nice sort of lob finish to, to put Chelsea 1-0 up. Um, from then on, it was sort of toing and froing a lot. Not 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 a whole raft of chances were created, and and um, Newcastle looked very dangerous from uh, set pieces. Uh, they they had um, they had a lot of lot of, putting a lot of pressure on Ke- uh, Kieran Clark. Uh, got on the end of a, a corner um, from from Matt Ritchie, who was delivering some great balls into the box, and and so Kieran Clark scored. And I think it was at the 40th minute to to make it one all at half time. So a bit of bit of pressure coming out in the second half. Um, you know the fans were sort of getting restless at Stamford Bridge, and you know Eden Hazard was starting again at, at number nine with Pedro and William on the wings. So uh, he was struggling to kind of get behind um, the Newcastle defence and had pretty pretty limited impact on the game. Whereas uh, Newcastle had Rondon up front and he was causing all sorts of problems. Um, for Newcastle, for Newcastle, you know, but I mean, he was a presence, and 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 that's what Chelsea were kind of lacking. Um, uh, in in the fifty seventh minute, though, um, the ball got spread wide to William from Hazard, and and he sort of uh, you know stopped dead and jinked to the right and fired the ball into the to the uh, the ba- the bottom right corner. It was sort of unstoppable, um, and and as I said, and. You know, another moment of brilliance from an individual, um, and Chelsea just managed to, to ride out the rest of the game and um, managed to get the win two one. But um, boys, what did you what did you think, and and um, what were your impressions on Chelsea and Newcastle? Uh, yeah, look, I don't think it was the most sort of confident win for Chelsea. I think you know, yeah, like you said, George, two two sort of moments of individual brilliance. But um, yeah, pretty. Is Ned a, a guest on this week's pod? Because that's where we've mentioned individual brilliance a number of times already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that could yeah. be a drinking game for the listeners out there. Uh, yeah, it know. could be. <laughs> could be. I'm sure there should there be a few few traits that are starting to come out by now. But um, no, ch- yeah, Chelsea sort of didn't really give their best showing again. Um, yeah, don't don't know really where they go from here for the rest of the season, whether they sort of hold tight and wait for the, the, the proper summer transfer window to really revitalise the squad and just give it the best they can. Because um, it doesn't look like they're going to be doing too much more activity in January. Um, yeah. Well, I think in the pre-season when I looked at the squad, I thought, um, you know, new manager, these guys are going to take a while to rebuild. They, 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 they really... Their results were fantastic coming up to um, just before Christmas, and then obviously they had a few. Um, they plateaued a bit, and this, I guess you could say they're still hanging in there. But I'm not too surprised they're having a dip. I mean, I think as a reflection of where the squad's at at the moment, um, it is going to get better. They've got Pulisic coming and, and things like that, so uh, I'm not too surprised. But you know, they may have another um, surge through uh, maybe late February, March, and and they may be in the top four at the end of the season. Um, just one of the moments in the game I thought was really um, really good uh, on defence was as um, as Quetta. Dave, um, Dave, <laughs> um, he he covered a, a through ball that went through to Perez, um, and he just threw his entire body at it and and stopped him from getting. Well, the he had to because David Luiz just got oh, he's covering two people there. Yeah. So, but um, I think. He has been immense um, uh, on these games. We've been tight games for Chelsea, and he just seems to just get in the way. He just slides in there and gets in the way. Yeah, I would say he's probably one of the most underrated defenders in the in the Premier League, and solid. May, yeah. Maybe the world. How about wow. that? Wow. Are you saying he's the best defender in I the said world? George? Underrated. <laughs> underrated. The best human being since Declan Rice. <laughs> 
And what's going on with um, with Fabregas, George? Um, I heard they're not going to let him go to Monaco now until they've found a replacement. Is he going? Or? No, he's gone. Is he he's gone? officially he's, gone. He's, he's yes. posing with a jersey. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, gone. Good. Yeah, because I thought I thought if they if he stayed, that would be a big mistake. But <laughs> no, no. That, that, initially, they were saying you know it was going to be if he he could go if we had a replacement, but. It seems like he's just gone, so they must be pretty confident there there is a replacement because oh, they've got Ross Barkley, they'll be fine. Ro- yeah, uh, well, nice. we've we've got some depth in that in the midfield. Um, yeah, you but got Kovacic, you got Jorginho, Kante, Loftus Cheek, and Loftus, and, yeah, and he's, Ross he's injured Barkley. Now, isn't he? Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's the problem. Uh, I think, Ch- and and it's sort of uh, Sari sort of has this sort of characteristic where he doesn't rotate the squad a whole lot. Mm. He plays with a lot of the same players, and when there's been a few injuries and a couple of guys in and out, the the depth has been really challenged, and especially across this sort of busy Christmas New Year period, and and you can tell that the players are, are getting a bit tired. So it'll be interesting to see who comes in to replace Fabregas. It, it's uh, an interesting point you make um, about we've said before about how well, one the Premier League is notorious for being just this really intense high pressure league uh, and then it doesn't also have a winter break um, do you think Sari is going to change his sort of approach to squad uh, rotation uh, after now having probably uh, being a little bit more experienced with the Premier League after coming from a probably a weaker league such as the the Italian League I I can't really see him doing it to be honest, and I think I think he's he's got his chosen sort of core of players, and he'll play them as long as he can, and as long as they they can still run, he'll he'll play with them. So I, I think I think the there's not going to be that many surprises with the Chelsea squad selections every week in week out. You're going to have the same lineups, and you're going to have the same formation, and and even it's it's sort of indicative of how he plays Hazard at number nine. You know, Giroud got sort of five or ten minutes at the end of the game, but. He'll he'll pl- he'll stick with his guns and and if he thinks Hazard's the most likely to score, then you know he'll play Hazard as as the striker. Drew's just a little bit too slow for Sari Wall, isn't he? Well, you're not you're not kind of you're not sort of the tactic isn't to to get in and get crosses in. It's yeah. to kind of pass through and get want a behind. Big, big lump to sort of hold it up. No, it's not necessarily I'm, Sari's style. So I mean, he's good to have coming in off the bench, but. Um, It'll be. It doesn't look like Murata's in favour, and, and he, he he sort of he he will never have Murata and Giroud on the bench at the same time. So he won't he won't have two strikers on the bench. So what about Batshuayi? Because I believe he's been recalled. He's been recalled, but I, he said uh, Sarri was quoted as saying he he's not a striker with the characteristics we're looking for currently. So he won't he won't. I'd be very surprised if he played for Chelsea this year. He, he's he's probably more likely to go on loan. Sarri at all. Well, I don't. I can't speak for the next next year after that, depending on what happens with striking movements and the like. But um, he won't play this season. No, he's more likely to go on loan to a Premier League side. Yeah, right. Interesting. Um, and what do you think about Hudson Odoi? Do you think he's going to end up leaving this window? Bayern. No, I hope not. And all the he came on, I think, in the 80th minute against Newcastle, and, and the the crowd really got behind him. Every touch, there they were sort of cheering and clapping. But I don't know. Bayern Munich have been pretty aggressive, and Sarri's come out and criticised them for being so. And it looks like they've put in a fair few bids, four bids. I they, think they seem pretty serious about him, don't they? Yeah. And, um, considering um, they need, they really need to refresh in that area with um, Ribery and Robin sort of coming to the end over there. Like, like it makes sense. For and them. they're coming to the end, like of their careers, or just lives. like they're that old. Yeah, they're that old. <laughs> well, they've, I think they've been quoted as 
um, bidding forty million forty million pounds for and him. That's an absolute truckload for uh, for Bundesliga. He's got, and the, the issue with Chelsea is that he's got eighteen months left on his contract, and he's sort of intimated he's not going to sign a new one. So. You know what do they do? Do they keep him for eighteen months and let him walk, or and keep, many and keep playing him as well? Keep so that playing, he keeps developing. Yeah, I'm not sure. For else. It's a difficult position to be in. I mean, all the all the internally and you know from the, a fan perspective, you know everyone wants him to play, and he, he's so talented and he looks good when he comes on. But um, if he's going to walk, and if he's telling them he's going to walk, then you almost have to take the money, even though you know it goes against uh, you know what what all the fans in the club want. I'll so make sure you get a good sell-on clause. Yeah, or, gonna, or a buyback. Worth a bit more. Or a buyback. Yeah. Well, the uh, the intriguing thing about um, buying is is Hamas Rodriguez. Oh, where he goes? <laughs> Hamas. Hamas. <laughs> um, you you move the goal in the 2004 oh. World Cup. <laughs> um, Second best goal in the World Cup. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we. Um, I, I really like um, Hamas and I'd love to see him in the Premier League. And uh, he's been linked to Chelsea before. So, um, yeah, maybe watch that space. That would be tasty. Hamas is honestly one of my favourite players. So, seeing him in the Premier League would, would be a, a positive for me. Colombian Ozil. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's still um, three more Premier League games to be played over the next um, 24, 48 hours. You've got Everton hosting Bournemouth, uh, two teams that are pretty much struggling for form over the last month or so. Boys, what do you think for uh, predictions? Colby? Everton should get this one done, I think. Um, Home advantage will be enough, you think? Oh, good, yeah, they're good at Goodison. Bournemouth have been really up and down, particularly in the past sort of six or seven weeks. Results have been really patchy. I think I think Callum Wilson's rattled now that Solanke's come in. Uh, you know, he's, got, he's got someone knocking at the door. Uh, so, yeah, look, I think, I think Everton are going to get it done by a goal. Yeah, I think Everton are the better team and at home I'd, I'd probably just favour them. But I, to Colby's point, I think both of them have been inconsistent really. So it's kind of hard to pick this one. Yeah, I agree. Both teams have been inconsistent and both teams have kind of struggled a little bit with keeping goals out as well. Everton haven't kept it. I don't think they've kept a clean sheet in over a month, two months. would be a tasty headline of Solanke came on and... Scored a goal against Everton after playing Liverpool for a while. So we'll see. I, I think uh, Bournemouth, uh, they're, they're, they're pretty poor in defence, especially away from home. So, yeah, I think Everton are going to take this one. I was going to say, when did Slanky play for Liverpool? <laughs> uh, he's played once. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I agree with you guys. I think Everton's going to get up. Uh, Tottenham host um, Man United in probably the the big fixture of the round. Um, boys, this is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's um, big uh, first big test um, as the new Man United manager. Um, what are you guys thinking about this one? Tough because um, Spurs have just come up uh, come out of a big big cup game <laughs> against Chelsea. Uh, you know, grueling fixture that one. Uh, and, I mean, they haven't been as rock solid as you'd think as well. They've dropped a few games that you'd otherwise expect them to win. They've been a bit Spursy, you might say. Um, uh, meanwhile, United have been playing with a lot of freedom. But, yeah, it'd be, I think it's this will be a, a very interesting game um, to watch, yeah, to see how United reacts to, uh, you know, actually a decent team they're coming up against now. I think United do have the, the quality to get it done. Spurs are at home, but you don't. You you'd never say that Wembley's a sort of home advantage for them. Um, I, I'm actually picking United to take this one. Ooh, wowee! I, I kind of it, it will be Solskjaer's first test and Manu's first sort of big game in 
the, the last month. So. Well, Spurs, Spurs, I think, want United to win this one so that, uh, you know, Pochettino can just stay. Just, like, put him down a couple more pegs just so he give him another season, Spurs guys. Spurs throw, throw the game. Yeah, you can, throw they it. Can just sign Solskjaer permanently <laughs> yeah. and play the long game. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's, a, that's an interesting conspiracy theory. But uh, I, I think... Um, I think it will be an interesting game. I, 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 I kind of think Harry Kane will, will, will be the um, will be the, the difference maker in this one, and, and I can see Spurs winning through a Kane goal. Yeah, I think this. I think um, it, what's very interesting about this this game is that both teams. I mean, obviously, uh, we're talking about throwing the game Spurs, but um, they are still in the mix up the top, and Manchester United are desperate to you know to continue this winning run. So. They both can't really just camp and go for the draw. I feel like this, we should see a pretty expansive game. Um, I'm thinking 2-1 to Tottenham. Huge. So in terms of uh, the table for this one, if, if Man United win, they actually uh, go level on points with Arsenal in fifth place, which um, who would have thought that that was possible leading into this week, I mean, unless you'd been closely following the table. Um, likewise for Spurs, if they get the business done here... Um, they can go above City, but I believe... So, City have still got to play Wolves next as well, which um, will be fun. No easy fixture. No easy fixture. <laughs> uh, look, I, I'm I'm predicting that um, this one's going to be really interesting to watch. I'm really excited to watch this. Um, but I'm predicting that uh, Spurs' defence um, and home advantage is going to be the difference here. I think, um, I think they'll get up. Um, but like I was saying, the, there's still one more game left in, in the round, and that's uh, Manchester City hosting Wolverhampton. Boys, what do you think? I think City should get this done. I think Wolves will give them a game, and they are a, a bit of a top-six specialist team. That's as what I was going to say. This, yeah. is, this is right for Wolves. They, they, they seem to really lift for they, top-six They do games, lift, so. yeah. I don't see City. I don't see City dropping points. They they had their scare before Christmas um, with the Palace and Leicester results. Um, I I see them sweeping Wolves aside. Yeah, I think if if I think Aguero is under a little bit of a cloud, but I think he should play. And if he does, I can see um, City winning. But I think Wolves will give them a really good game. If, if there's ever been a game where you would expect that City are going to come out 110 miles an hour, this is the one. They haven't haven't been playing well over the last month. Haven't been getting good results either. Um, so, yeah, look, I think they they will want to be, they will be motivated as well after drawing with uh, Wolves earlier on in the season as well. So, yeah, look, I, I think City are going to get up here as well. It kind of reads as a 3-1 Winter City for me, but I do think that Wolves have got a very good, um, very sharp counter-attack. Um, so it will be interesting to see like, if, if City bomb forward time after time, if they actually um, if they are, leave themselves a bit exposed. Alrighty. Um, that's the Premier League wrapped up. Um, but, boys, now we're going to move on to the, to the Asian Cup. Mike Carmers, Rogic gets rid of one defender. Whips one in, McLaren! Jamie McLaren has his first international goal! Mabille wants it deep, that's the target. Amar Mabille, make it two for Australia! Graham Arnold said there'd be a reaction from Australia, and he saw one. Uh, throughout the week, uh, Socceroos played Palestine um, and walked away with uh, a pretty comfortable 3 0 win in the end. Um, I don't know about you guys, but. Um, this was a weird sort of game in the sense that uh, there was uh, 
we really should be expected to basically wallop Palestine, frankly. Like, they are, they are. I think they're, you probably call them a third-tier Asian Asian team um, that on a in a smaller tournament probably wouldn't even qualify. Um, so, do you guys think that uh, we, we should have beaten them more comprehensively? 3-0 about right, considering oh, the changes that were made? Considering the changes that were made and the, the pressure that was on the ruse, an early goal really, really sort of let everyone breathe a big sigh of relief and... Mm. Yeah, we could have scored more and should have probably scored more, but I'll take the three nil at, at this point. Um, we needed we needed the win, we needed the confidence, and with uh, you know Maka scoring, Economides having a really good game, and Mobile continuing to sort of look dangerous and provide us with a with another option. I, I mean, I, I'll take take those as the positives. Yeah, and, and the result's the result, right? But the the key is <clears throat> the performance and and. Um, and I think the the performance looked good. The the changes that Arnie made, George, as you mentioned, um, um, Economides uh, coming in, um, Grant coming in for Risdon and Irvine coming in for Luongo, they they were the sort of right changes, and they they all looked they all looked uh, pretty lively, pretty good. Um, in particular, Economides, obviously, with a man of the match performance. Um, yeah, I think it was the the response that and, that you would have expected, which and, is good. And as you were saying, like Tommy, like. <clears throat> Palestine, you know, weren't weren't a great side. It was pretty obvious, and you know, we don't need to go into too much depth about you know how and and how we won the game, and you know who, why we won the game. I think we just needed to win it. And one thing I, I would take as a positive though is um, Apo Gianu coming in and scoring, because I, I was actually going to ask you what was your highlight of the game. Well, obviously it was that. It, but... Obviously it was that. But no. But on a serious note, like it, it sort of justifies him coming in over Urich because why wasn't your highlight Matty Ryan's hat? No, well, definitely. I mean, as a, as a, as a, as a statement, fashion sort of piece. That was that was fantastic, and and uh, I mean, it's very br- Sunday. Br- bring league, back yeah. the cap, I, I say. And, and but um, yeah, as I was saying, I think it justifies him coming in over Urich because there were a lot of questions about why Gianu came in and why wouldn't you just call Tommy Urich up? But he's come in. He's been asked to sort of be a target man for the, for the last bit of the game, and and he scored a header. So you can't really ask much more of him in, in that role. Um, it'll be interesting to see next game because I think Naboo's fit now. So, who will get the start up front? Will it be Maka or Naboo? Yeah, and that's that was going to be my sort of question too, boys. Was um, yeah, do you think Arnie was sort of right to uh, you know show the faith in Maka and give him another game? Because I, I obviously my answer to that question is yes. Um, and you know he he finally got the goal that he was after, and I think that's what you want to do as a manager if you've got a guy who's who's just starting to break in and, um, you know, looking for their first goal um, and looking likely. His his movement was really great and the, the runs that he was making were right and his work rate was right. And so um, I'm, you know, obviously still buzzing for him that he that he got that goal um, and glad he picked, uh, you know, glad he kept the faith. But, yeah, I, I don't know whether, whether Mac is the, the sort of number nine going forward. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. What, what Arnie does will be sort of next game will be kind of telling about whether he's going to fully back McLaren or whether he's going to start Naboo and use McLaren when needed going forward. And don't forget how many games, um, I don't have the stat in front of me, but it took Leckie uh, a lot of games to get his first goal. I mean, I know Leckie's a winger and it's a little bit different for your centre forward, but 
um, you know, for someone um, with with Lecky's talent level, um, who plays the way he did, it, it took him quite a while to get his first goal and and to really start contributing to the ruse on a regular basis as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's good not to write guys off too early with potential as well, but also making the making what I think is the right call about other guys that you've given enough of a chance to, like Urich and and even Cruz as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And 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 on that, Lecky, yeah, due to come in, not, maybe not this game, but you know, for the for the second round, if if we qualify, <laughs> big if. And and the boys, I guess um, that maybe takes us on to the next game, which is uh, when the soccer is play against Syria on uh, later Wednesday night. I think overnight Wednesday. F- Facebook should brace yeah, itself. <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, slippery grass derby. <laughs> Boys, what's your predictions for this match? Do you think there's going to be like wholesale changes? Do you think uh, Ryan Grant's going to retain his spot, or um... Ryan Grant will retain his spot? Um, I, I think Economides, like man of the match performance, you would think he would retain his spot as well. Question, like we were saying um, around Maka, um, query what the midfield's going to look like um, with Milligan and. Um, you know whether Luongo could could slot back in for somebody. Um, I don't know if, if if Irvine did enough. You'd think Mobil will keep his spot. Um, but yeah, look, I don't see Arnold as making too many changes. No, no, I think he'll go in with if Naboo's fit. I think that would be the only change. But I think apart from that, he'll stick with Irvine and Milligan and Rogic in that midfield. Yeah, should be um should be a good one. Um, considering you know obviously, uh, where we were with them in the Asian Confederations, doesn't look like Syria uh, are quite on the same level as they were back then in terms of I don't know the desire. I know that World Cup qualifier was like, you know, a huge game for them. So they they really lifted, which we saw, um, in that um, inter confederation playoff. Um, I, I do see us as, as winning this game, though, especially um, given the response against Palestine. Hopefully, that's going to be the start of some momentum. Um, you know, expect to win. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think we're all expecting a win there. Done, <laughs> Je- done, Jesse's done. Nodding as well. Um, all right, boys. Uh, moving on to the A League now, though. So uh, on Friday night, uh, Melbourne City hosted Brisbane Raw. Um, the three of us were there. Jesse wasn't there, but. Um, boys, uh, what did what did you think of the win? Another sweaty win by Melbourne City, who still look a bit unconvincing despite um, three on the bounce. Now I thought, um, you know, so obviously as I mentioned at the uh, the start of the podcast, the only goal came in the fifty second minute when Delight got that sort of guided home uh, cross uh, from Griffiths when he was basically left alone on the penalty spot as Hingott decided to uh, take a dive. Yeah, it was a, a, a classic gritty Melbourne City win. Not not a lot of flashes of brilliance. Um, I, I was a bit worried when Riley McGree went off injured um, because yeah. it sort of took took a, a, one of the only options they have, you know, to as a goal scoring threat off. And you could see there was no goal scoring threat from City in the first half. I think they had like eleven shots, and not many of them were on target in the first half. It was just whenever they got the ball around the box, you weren't that concerned because the finishing was just so bad. No, like I mean, Wales yeah. and. Atkinson yeah. and a few of I other, think, yeah, few Wales, others. Wales had a one-on-one. Didn't look like he was ever going to score it, and it's it's just sort of indicative of the problem they've got at the moment. But um, still winning, um, and uh, Delight c- c- came through with the goal. So can't really 
can't really complain too much because they've managed to string a fair few wins together. And 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 Joyce Joyce seemed pretty happy, and he's he's he has tightened things up at the back. I I didn't wasn't too scared about Brisbane's threat going forward. Um, so I mean that's a positive. But um, City City's issue is going to be against better teams and it's going to be breaking them down. Yeah. Um, so both teams had goals denied by marginal offside calls. Um, the VAR didn't intervene in either. Right call, boys? Not to not to go to VAR? Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it would, that the decisions were, were correct. And, and, I mean, VAR would have probably backed them up. So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, and then the only other chance for Brisbane to get back in the game was late in the game when uh, Daggers uh, or Nick D'Agostino had a had a chance um, off a failed clearance, but he kicked it straight into huge, huge. Uh, so that was that was pretty much it for Brisbane. I don't think they deserve to win that game. And um, yeah, City City came away with the three points, which is sort of what you'd expect uh, them playing Brisbane at home. Um, anything else to to add to this one, Tommy boys? Any other thoughts? Thought there was a. A bit of spirit shown in the uh, Brisbane Roar away fan section. Some good chants were going on. Um, Luke Bratton was targeted. Uh, right. He's just a shit Ackermanis. But um, apart, apart from that, no, nah, not much more to add. Um, look, guys, I I'll be honest. I haven't seen any A League over the last month. Um, I know you were there at the game, though. You saw that. Yeah, game. <laughs> sorry, you're right. Televising in Brazil. <laughs> what? <laughs> I did. I did organise a VPN so that I could use Ko, but it just didn't pan out in the end. But um, look, uh, I know that Aloisi's uh, since uh, parted ways with uh, with the Raw in the last month. We've got the most A League manager ever now, Darren Davies, mate. The DD, the Double D, he's 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 the answer. He's stepped up from the assistant's role. Uh, he's got a lot of heart. Um, the boys, the boys are revitalised. He's giving the kids a run. He'll be there till the end of the season. Do you, do you think he's going to stay beyond? I've never heard of no, this guy before. There, was he, he, he was one of he was one of the assistants. He? Yeah, uh, there there are being a lot of other names thrown around, which which um, on the pod from time to time we've been sort of asking Damo about, and we've been we've been talking about. And there's among the Brisbane Raw sort of fans online, there have been a number of other names thrown around. But um, I, I I guess it's just a wait and see. Maybe you know if. if Davies can make the finals from here or has a miraculous turnaround or run, you know, you never know. But otherwise, you'd expect that he's just going to be the caretaker. He needs an Andy Circus-like resurgence for the role. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Is the expectation that the backeries are probably not going to go out and get, like, a decent replacement? Like, that they're just going to get whoever's the cheapest option? Well, um, actually, um, over the weekend, um, David Poor, the CEO of the Raw, um, along with a couple of other execs from the club, were in Indonesia meeting with the backeries to discuss the head coaching role. So, I guess watch this space. There should be more coming out um, pretty soon. I actually think they're going to announce it before the end of the season. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, basically. But there are, there are quite a few other names in the mixer. Interesting, interesting. All right, um, boys, there were two other games on yesterday. Um, that was... Uh, where are we? Sorry. Um, Central Coast Mariners went away to Wellington um, and were up 2-0 at, at halftime. Um, and everyone's thinking at that point, wow, like Central Coast, they might actually get the business done here. They might... Is it their... I think it's their first, we first victory. That, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, look, um, it all really just fell apart. For, for Central Coast in the second half. They had um, a player sent off in the 46th minute and then conceded penalties in the 48th minute, the 58th minute, 
and then uh, they conceded another goal in the 65th minute, which, um, beautiful, which was... Beautiful finish by David Williams. There's a FIFA power finish, that one. <laughs> <laughs> he's just gone for power. But, I mean, of course, it was Kyle Rolls that got sent off, and he's, he's actually shown, uh, uh, you know, in the past sort of few games that he does have a bit of a temper on him. He's, he's, a, he's a young kid still. Um, didn't get the game time he wanted at Brisbane Roar and went over to um, the Mariners. Um, and, you know, good on him. Um, and he, he he's playing well, but he's still quite raw. Um, and you know, the, I think the um, the 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 Mariners can um, pretty squarely point the finger at him for this. I thought um, for the Knicks, however, um, Krishna obviously had a very good game. Um, he looked very very lively in this one. But um, big up uh, Andrew Durante, who who played his three hundredth A League game and the first player to reach that milestone in the A League. Um, what a moment! Yeah, you know, he's durable. Mr. Durante. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Had to go there, boys. Um, yeah, no, I, I was pretty pleased. Um, you know, uh, the Mariners poked the bear and it woke up in the second half. And um, I'm happy that uh, they managed to... I mean, they looked really below par in the first half, the Knicks. Um, Nick Rewalt, I mean, Matt Simon, um, with, a, with, a, <laughs> with a good um, a good start for the Mariners at the penalty. But, yeah, they just... Wizard of Woi Woi. He's... But um, I I think um with the Phoenix it's it's I said this a few weeks ago it's just fascinating with this league where you know three wins you're in the mixer they were they I think what are they one point behind City um the fifth fifth place I think they're sitting behind cities in fourth yeah. Yeah. well it's looking um, it's looking more and more likely that that the uh, Knicks are going to make finals this year so. Well, they've still obviously that they've got their um they've got their issues they're not a they're not the finished product by any means but um pretty pleased that they bounced back and showed a bit of character huge so look uh, Central Coast also had uh, Ross McCormack he returned uh, back to England over sort of the Christmas New Year break uh, which everyone thought was just for injury visiting relatives so on so forth but he since he since signed uh, for another team in fact so hey, we covered this on the podcast last week Tommy have you been listening or no nah, mate <laughs> oh wow <laughs> wow hey. Wow! I, I didn't even know when it actually happened. Wow! <laughs> so we won't linger on that then. <laughs> no, but did you uh, did you see the um, the uh, giveaway? The uh, Phoenix had um, if they if they had more than ten thousand in attendance, I think they were yeah, giving away like, like twenty seven grand or something yeah. ridiculous. So um, why don't they use that towards like paying their player wages, like <laughs> running the club, marquee like. fund? But yeah. uh, I, I like their new striker. Um, Killian Sheridan. Yeah, yeah, make, making an impact. And yeah. uh, it looks like they're on the up and Mark Rudin's done a good job there. So Yeah, well, Rudin, I think you have to take your hat off to, to what he's done there. And I think that's like, apart, like you don't really see this. I mean, you, you do with really, uh, like with what, uh, for example, Hazen Hootel's done at, um, at Southampton, but it's, it's less and less obvious in um, the big leagues when you've got big budgets and you can just buy players. Having a good manager can make such a big difference um, in leagues, uh, particularly salary-capped leagues like the A-League. Um, and you can really see that in what Rudin's done at, at Wellington and, and also what um, what Popper's done over at Perth as well. Like a, a, bit, a good manager can make so much of a difference. They've been really in need of a manager that fits that club for, for a long time and, and they've tried obviously a fair few and it hasn't worked out. Um, and they've also needed a few key players to be firing at the same time. So Krishna's in form, uh, Singh's been playing well, um, and uh, oh, Steve Taylor um, is off the field antics are, are questionable, but um, 
he's he's been uh, the defense has been improved. So apart from the uh, conceding a couple of goals in the last game, but they 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 look like a better team. So I'm hoping to see them in the mixer at least for finals time because I'd like to see them uh, make make it the finals. Exciting time for the Knicks. Um, all right, boys. Uh, so let's move on to the other game that was played last night, which was Melbourne Victory hosting uh, Newcastle. So um, in this one, Terry Antonis uh, opened the scoring in the 48th minute um, before Kane Shepard equalised in the 78th minute. And at this point, you're thinking, oh, geez, I can't believe they've nab- nabbed a point. But uh, James Troisi, um, the Asian Cup reject, um, <laughs> Has uh, popped up in the 84th minute to to score the to score the winner there, um, boys. Did did anyone here see the game? No, I didn't see this one, Tommy. <laughs> Me either, to be honest. I saw the first saw half the and, and, and nothing happened, so I, I switched off. I thought it was a good finish from Troisi, although uh, questions have got to be asked when the goal's going in at the the near post there. So um, I think the uh, the Newcastle keeper, I think it was Italiano. Yep. Um, questions got to be asked, but. Um, you know, victory is still getting the wins, and and they're doing well. And and sort of the the question is when when's Honda going to be back? Because I think he he kind of they need a bit of a rev up, do they? I don't know. <laughs> I thought Honda was off to get a service, but um. <laughs> oh no! Come on, gone back to the factory, has he? <laughs> He's been recalled. Oh geez, all right. Yeah, victory. I mean, victory would be pretty happy um, to get the results. Obviously, that's what they do. That's what champion teams do. Um, they find a way to win. Um, you know, when when you need it, and um, even if it's even if it's not the best performance, they get the result. Um, and that's what victory did, and that's what their fans would expect them to do at home. In the first half of this game that I did watch. Um, I did notice the sort of stark difference, and it, it is stark um, in the difference between the two Melbourne clubs. Obviously, we were at Amy Park on Friday night, um, and other than the the brilliant support that the Raw had by the uh, you know forty or fifty fans that were there, um, uh, Melbourne City's fans, particularly without their active support, the Melbournians, um, who query what they offered anyway, um, you know they they were a bit quiet. Um, and but you you watching I was watching this the first half of this game on TV and um, the Melbourne Victory fans like everyone in the in the stadium was was singing and 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 chanting for the for the whole the whole time um, and it really makes a difference it makes the place like a bit of a cauldron to go to so um, yeah credits them and I'm sure that makes a difference to the players on the pitch as well. Here, here. like uh, I think it's probably pretty unanimous that Victory have had the the biggest and probably the best atmosphere uh, across the A-League consistently since uh, since the first season. So, look, I think that's been an enormous help for them since since season one. I think it's reflective in their results as well. Um, but, look, uh, boys, there's also another couple more matches to be played this round. So, Sydney host Adelaide. Boys, what do you think? I genuinely don't know how this one's going to go. Um Adelaide, um, you know, obviously beat the victory the other week. Um, Goodwin's not in Asia. Sorry, Damo, but uh, Goodwin's still playing for Adelaide at the moment, uh, which Adelaide fans, I think, will be happy about, although they, they want some people to put some respect on his name. Um, uh, you know, he's he's looking in very good form for them, uh, as is Ken Ilso, um, and a couple of other players in their team are, are looking pretty good. They seem to be sort of... Um, hitting a patch of form again. Um, Sydney, like playing all over the shop throughout Sydney. I actually fancy Adelaide to, to, to take another scalp this weekend. Yeah, Adelaide have been in pretty good form recently. Um, you know, when that 
uh, taking a lot of, take a lot of confidence from beating the victory um, the other day. And uh, I think Sydney are doing enough to get wins. You know, Lafondra's scoring goals and sort of papering over the, the cracks there, I think. Um, so, I mean, I fancy a draw here, but uh, um, I have been impressed with Adelaide of late. Fair enough. All right. Um, the the other match, <laughs> the other match uh, to be played is Perth Glory hosting Western Sydney Wanderers in the Popovich Derby. Big game. Um, Big game. <laughs> <laughs> huge. Um, boys, what, what are you thinking? Perth are going to do them. They're at home. Perth Perth have made um, made that a fortress over there now. Western Sydney Wanderers have turned the shed into a fortress, have they? Yeah, they have. Um, a lot of power tools in that shed. Um, they've um, they've they've they're just going so well under Popper. Um, I've I've been saying this um, for for a number of weeks now. Um, that I'm just so impressed with the fact that he's managed to get Kilkenny um, and Keogh playing good football. Um, yeah, they, I, I think Perth should sweep them aside. Western Sydney have got their own problems in the club at the moment. They're not super consistent. Riera is not in a very good patch of form. The, the Alvaro Morata of the uh, A-League. Yeah, actually, that's, that's actually not a bad shout. <laughs> um, yeah, because he's, he's, he's a quality player. He's a mm. quality striker. You'd have him at your team, um, your, your, a, your A-League team, that is, um, in, in a heartbeat. But um, no, he's not, he's not in the best of form. But But... The Wanderers have got Bal Yahan. He, he picks the best pass in the A League. Ah, um, uh, well, look, I think you know a few Fox Sports commentators <laughs> might agree with you there, but um, <laughs> he's um, look, they, they, they yeah, it, it's a club in 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 a few few issues. I won't say crisis, um, but um, they, they, you know there are a few things that they need to sort out um, there at the moment. They probably need another window or two. I like what I sort of like what Babel's doing there. Um, the, the players that he has brought in have been effective, but yeah, he, he needs a little bit longer, I think. And, and there are just a few players there that just don't seem to be playing with that same heart and desire as you, you saw from Wanderers, Wanderers a couple of years ago. I think they need to, they still need to sort of turn over a, a little bit of that squad. Well, if the Wanderers could turn up, you know, to the same level as uh, his dress sense, um, you know, he usually turns up looking pretty sharp. So um, I think the Wanderers need, need to race their game. Perth by two goals for me. What are your thoughts, Tommy? I've got no idea, to be honest, because I haven't watched the A-League in a while. It's brilliant. brilliant. Very organised, Tommy. I thought you'd be doing research on the plane. Uh, Tommy's back, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And he hasn't been listening as well. Sorry, picked that up. This has been illuminating. Yeah, but uh, no, I think think Perth are are just steamrolling teams in in there. And the Wanderers, defensively, uh, are at sixes and sevens. So I think Perth will just pick them off. And um, an eighth on the table. Another win for for them. Yep. Fantastic. All right, boys. Well, I think that pretty much wraps things up this week. It's been uh, fantastic getting a solid eighty minutes under my under my belt this week, helping out with a little bit of match fitness, returning returning to form. And um, you're flagging towards the end. Let's be honest, (laughs) mate. It's the jet lag. It's still the jet lag. I only got here on Thursday. But um, anyway, boys, uh, look, it's been a pleasure uh, and hopefully uh, hopefully, the listeners have enjoyed as well. Apologies. If uh, there's any still there. <laughs> I, I'd compa- stuck in this long. I'd compare Tommy's comeback to um, Nazri's, um, actually. He's come solid, from playing no Solid foot. 70 minutes. He's come from playing no football. <laughs> come on. He's given one assist. Yeah, he's given an account of himself. Hey, I, I, th- I think that's actually pretty, pretty flattering. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the Declan Rice on the pod then? 
Uh, that that'd be Jesse, young young buck, just comes in and the just guides greatest him into of the all time. And if if there's one thing you you take note from this podcast, it's going to be the lookalike poster that's that's coming soon. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to tune in next week and don't forget to check out uh, Facebook and Twitter for, for more new football content. Thanks and uh, see you all next week.